Well, good morning to each and every one of you. How many people are glad that you came to church this morning? Come on, are you glad that you came? I am so pumped, so honored, so delighted to see each one of you, and also a shout-out welcome to our many guests that have joined us online from across the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and globally around the world. How many people are ready now for God's Word? Are you ready for God's Word? At Woodfell, we love God's Word. And this morning, we're going to continue in our seven-part sermon series that we're calling Stronger. And we've been learning that we're not strong in ourselves. We just aren't strong, but Jesus is strong. And we've been exploring the the armor of God, and we've been calling you as a church to put on the full armor of God. We don't want to be spiritually naked. We want to be fully armored, fully equipped, fully able to stand against the attacks of the enemy. In message number one, we talked about the belt of truth. In message number two, we talked last week about the breastplate of righteousness. And today, I want to talk to you about the shoes of peace. So I want you to pull out your sermon outline. You don't have a paper copy of that, but you can go to the the church website. There's a digital copy there. And the first thing I want to share with you is we explore this theme of the shoes of peace. And I think you know this, but the kind of shoes that I need in life really depends on where I'm going and what I'm going to do. Isn't that right? My father spent many years working in a shoe factory, lady shoes. And I remember my younger years, he was able to, to be blessed with the shoes that were samples when they first came out. And honestly, my mom had at least 50 pairs of shoes. And uh, it was all lady shoes. Only once was I able to be blessed by those shoes. And if you're, you might remember back in the early 70s, they had what were called earth shoes. And they were sloped a different way. And they were meant for guys or girls. And I had a pair of earth shoes. But my mom, my sisters had so many shoes. Well, I brought some shoes here. And I put them on the table to help illustrate for us that in life, the kind of shoe that you wear depends on where you're going and what you're going to do. So I had to go into my garage. And do you know what these are? Come on, shut it out. These are snowshoes. And uh, these are probably 50 years old. They really are. And uh, my father bought them for, for myself when I was just a young boy. And in the winter, I'd put on the snowshoes. And if you're going to go out in deep snow, you've got to wear snowshoes. Now, in the summer, you've got to wear sandals. And my kids tease me. They say, Dad, these are old man sandals, whatever. But in the summer, you wear sandals. And when you're going walking, you've got to wear the casual walking shoes. And yesterday, when I came home from the church, I'm outside cutting the lawn. And so if you're going to do outdoor work, you've got to put on your steel-toed outdoor shoes. But when you're coming to, to a dressy place, and even today I'm wearing some dress shoes, but dress shoes when you're going out. Now, I found these, and I haven't wore these in a long time, but I have them. Do you remember when it was snowing outside or it was rainy, and you put your galoshes over your shoes? Again, old man stuff, but there you go. And if you're outdoors playing soccer uh, or football or baseball, you got to wear the cleats, right? Got the cleats. But if you're sitting watching TV, and when I came home last night, turned on the TV, I put on my slippers, right? And uh, then I've got these here. And when we went to the cottage in the winter, we'd go, we'd go um, um, skiing. 
and I'd have to put on my ski boots, and we would just go, you know, just skiing along in the fields, and you put on your ski boots. Now, these aren't mine. These are my daughter's, but these obviously are for rainy days, rain boots. And I wouldn't risk this at my age, but when you're going snowboarding, right, you got to wear the snowboard shoes, right? But I really miss going to the gym, and I've learned when you buy running shoes, there's so many different kinds of running shoes, and it all depends what you're going to do, but these are, these are my running shoes. And I can't wait to get back to the gym, because when I get to the gym, I'm going to run two miles a day on the treadmill. These are light, good running shoes. Now, these aren't mine. Thank the Lord. These aren't mine. These are one of the girls in my house. And I, come on, we need to applaud ladies, because I have no clue how ladies can wear high heel shoes. So come on, guys, applaud all the ladies, because I'm telling you, it's got to be a real specialty to wear these high heeled shoes. I like when my girls wear the high heeled shoes, and they go in the lawn, and they can just aerate your lawn for free by wearing the high heeled shoes, just saying. And during the week, I wear my casual shoes comes fall and it's getting a little colder, I'll wear my fall shoes, but then when it comes to winter, I'm going to wear my winter boots because you and I know the kind of shoes that you wear depend on where you're going and what you are going to do. Now today I want to talk to you about the shoes of peace. I want you to get your Bible out and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15 because here Paul, as he's chained to this Roman guard 24-7, every waking hour, every sleeping hour, he's chained to this Roman centurion, and he sees what the Roman centurion is wearing, and he takes the natural application, and he gives it a spiritual application, and that's why he looked at the belt, and he called it the belt of truth. He looked at the breastplate, and he called it the breastplate of righteousness, and then he looked at the shoes that the Roman centurion was wearing, and he talked about the shoes of peace. Now look at the screen. Stand firm then with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now some of you, you read the King James Version, and it says, stand firm then with your feet shod. Your feet shod. You've heard that word shod? S-H-O-D. It sounds like shoe, but it ends in a D, and shoe ends in an E. And I I had to do a little bit of learning about this because I thought, isn't that a term that that people use when they're putting shoes onto a horse? And uh, shod, shoe, you shoe the horse. And so I was able, actually, to get some real horse shoes. These are the real things. And what they do, they would get them, and they would, uh, they would heat them up so they can shape them to the, to the hoof of the horse, and they put them on the bottom of the hoof, and they would nail them to the hoof. This is the summer ones, and believe it or not, they even have winter ones. Like, you got winter tires for your car, you got winter shoes for the horse, and it's got these little thick things on them. Now, I'm actually told this one particularly is meant for a working horse, where the horse needs better grip. But they say that the shoes that a horse would wear in the winter had spikes or nails on the bottom, but they'd only put them on the front hoofs of the horse, not the back hoofs. You know why? Because if a horse gets agitated and it starts to buck, it's going to hurt another horse or hurt a person. And so when it says the word shod, it just means to shoot. Now, let's go back to the scripture verse and let's put it together where he said, stand firm then. So here's my question. What kind of shoes did a Roman centurion wear? I'm told they were like a sandal, and they were probably made of leather. Thick leather sandals that had spikes on the bottom so that the Roman centurion could have good grip in the ground. 
That's why Paul said, stand firm then with your feet shod or with your feet fitted with the readiness. And readiness can also be translated preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. Everybody say the word gospel. One, two, three, gospel. The word gospel comes from a Greek word that we get the word evangel. And an evangel was someone that would come in the, in the days when, when this was written, and especially in the Old Testament days, they would come with an evangel. They come with some good news. That's what evangel means, good news. That's what gospel means, good news. No, I love this. They say that when an army had won a victory, they would send an, a messenger, an evangel, with good news to announce the victory that had already happened. Now, the evangel or the messenger wasn't fighting in the trenches. The evangel or the messenger was just giving the message of the good news. Now, I love how Paul used the specific words, word, evangel, gospel, good news. And here's the good news today. Jesus fought in the trenches for you. Jesus paid a debt that you could never pay. Come on, I'm preaching now. Jesus died on a cross for your sins. You could never do it. And so we're announcing the good news of someone who fought a victory spiritually for us. And because he lives, we can spiritually. If I were you, I'd be putting my hands together and giving a little clap offering of praise. Come on, to the Lord God Almighty. So Paul picks up this idea of the Roman centurion shoes with the spikes on the bottom. Stand firm with your feet fitted or your feet shod with the gospel, the good news of peace, ready and prepared with the good news of peace. And so for a few moments today, I want to talk to you about the shoes of peace. Now, I remembered in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. But that's a Hebrew word. So I was curious, what's the Greek word that's used in the New Testament for peace? Now, it doesn't matter what the Greek word is. I want you to know what the Greek word for peace means. And I put it in your notes, and you'll see it on the screen. That the Greek word for peace, the word peace in the New Testament, actually means to join together, to set at one again, to join back together something that is broken. It's got the idea of gluing something back together, something that was broken, something that broke. And Evelyn and I were on two weeks of holidays, and I've never dropped my cell phone so much than when I was on holidays. And I cracked the, the outer box of it, and I had to get some glue and glue it back together, and it looks good, and it's working. And when something breaks, come on, moms and dads, when your child breaks something, you glue it back together. And I even have some shoes here, right here, these shoes right here. They have literally, I wear these almost every day during the week, and, and they fall apart, and, and I have to take them to my shoe repairman, Alfredo, and he glues my shoes back together. Now, shoes have an anatomy. Now, my father who worked in the shoe factory, I'd go to the shoe factory, and he taught me a lot about shoes. This is called the toe of the shoe. It's the toe box. And this little piece here is called the tongue of the shoe. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? They even say that this upper part is called the throat of the shoe. This is called the heel of the shoe. Then you've got the inner sole of the shoe, and you've got, come on, you know this, the outer sole of the shoe. And where you go and what you do in life determines what kind of shoe you will wear. Here's a funny story, at least 
funny now. It wasn't funny the day it happened. I, I have a habit for years, and it's, I thank God for this because I can't do it on this platform for years. I would go to the edge of a platform and I kind of totter back and forth on my shoes. And people are watching me like, you are scaring me, Pastor. And I've done it for years. And I've never fallen until one day I was wearing shoes where the outer sole was all worn off. And I was on the platform in the last place where we pastored. You saw the pastor and then you didn't see him. I went flying in the air. I was just talking to the people and waving my arms and up in the air I went. And I'm holding on to a handheld microphone. And you know what went through my head? You can't let the handheld microphone hit the floor. It will break. Never mind my back. Never mind my head. So picture me flying in the air. And I landed hard on my back. But the microphone was rescued. And oh, come on. Yeah, I did. And I was so embarrassed. I remember jumping to my feet. And I said, I'm all right. I'm all right. And everyone's looking at me, and I got up, and I was giving announcements. I finished the announcements, and I went and sat in the pew, and I looked at the other pastor. I said, I'm not all right. <laughs> and I went back to my office and had a little cry. And, uh, but I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But what you do in life and where you go in life depends on what shoe you will wear. And just as a physical shoe has an anatomy, the spiritual shoe has an anatomy. And for just a couple of moments today, I want to give you the four-fold anatomy of the spiritual shoes of peace. Because Paul didn't call it the shoe of something else. He called it the shoe of peace. And we've learned this morning that peace means to join something back together, to glue something back together that has been broken. So let me very quickly give you the four-fold anatomy of our spiritual shoes of peace and the first thing, number one, is the vertical component. Just like a physical shoe has an inner sole and an outer sole and an upper part and a lower part, the spiritual shoes of peace has a vertical component. And the first level of peace is peace with God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We enter this world as sinners. But look at Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And my question to everyone sitting here today and everyone that's watching on live streaming, have you made your peace with God? If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you have a vertical peace with God? Have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life by grace and by faith? Colossians 1.20 says, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus paid the debt that you could never pay. And the way to an eternity in heaven is to make your peace with God through Jesus Christ. And I love Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19. Peace, peace to those far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. You might feel like you're far from God. You might feel like you're near to God. But the question today is not, do you come to church? The question today is not, did you give in the offering? The question today is not, do you read your Bible? And all that's good. The question is, have you made your peace with God? And so the first piece is a vertical piece. 
The first peace is a peace with God that is found through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. Salvation is not Jesus plus something. The good news, just like the word evangel means that the messenger would come and announce a victory. The good news is Jesus, our victor, has paid the penalty for our sins. Amen. And the question is, have you accepted him into your life? Number one, the vertical peace with God. But then there's number two, it's, it's horizontal. I mean, vertical is peace with God, but the spiritual anatomy of the shoes of peace has a horizontal component, a peace with others. Now, I've met many Christians that are always walking in offense. They're always and they're easily offended. Somebody hurt me. And they're not walking in peace with others. Let me give you some scriptures Colossians 3.15, Paul said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. One of the keys to living at peace with other people is to be thankful. Be thankful for your neighbors. Be thankful for your spouse. Be thankful for your children. Be thankful for the people that God has placed in your life. And then there's Titus chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 2. Where, where it says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do what is ever good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. Be peaceable, be considerate, and always be gentle. I've shared this story before, but I think it rings true, because the truth is you don't know what someone is going through. I was at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario months and months ago and I was leaving and I'm ready to go out and there's a car in front of me who's ready to pay at that little place where you pay on the way out and then the car starts backing up and it was backing up pretty quick so I did what you probably would do I beeped my horn now the vehicle that I had at that time had an obnoxious horn it wasn't like the little beep it was a loud obnoxious very loud GMC horn Well, the guy in front of me didn't like it. So he backed up even closer to my vehicle. So you know what I did again? I tapped my horn again because I didn't think he saw me. And finally, I'm trying to back up my car, and I backed up. I got out, and he pulled his vehicle beside me, and he got like an inch from my window. He told me to roll down my window, and he shared words that he should have had his mouth washed out with soap for saying. And he yelled at me. He screamed at me. He threatened me. And I got to be honest with you, the fleshly part of Mark wanted to say, ooh, but I knew I shouldn't do that. I looked at him, and I was considerate, and I said, I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. I hope you have a better day. And he stormed away. It dawned on me that I don't know what he was walking through. I don't know what he was facing when he left the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. And I'm inviting you to be peaceable with people. Do not walk in offense. When someone hurts you, know that hurt people hurt people. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. God calls us to be peacemakers. Look at Romans 14, verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. You see, when you're at peace with others, you want to edify others. You want to help make their day. You want to help lift them up. And then there's Romans 12, 18. If it's possible... And as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You can only do your part. But as far as it's possible, live at peace with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Because with holiness, no one will see the Lord. And then there's Ephesians 4, verse 1 down to verse 3. As a prisoner for the Lord, Paul said, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And then in verse 2, he gives us some biblical guidelines for how you can live better at peace with other people. Be completely humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another in love. And if you underline words in your Bible, underline the words bearing with one another. It's the longest Greek word in the Greek language. It has 27 letters to it. That's a, turn to your neighbor and say, that's a long word. 27 letters. And you know what it means, bearing with one another? Let me give you a, a loose translation. Putting up with other people's idiosyncrasies. Does anybody annoy you in life? Don't nod your head. Don't nod your head. But you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we just got to learn to let it go and choose to pick our battles. And so he says in verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I mean, verse 3 tells us what to do. In verse 2, he tells us how to do it. Be humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Listen to these words. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And then lastly, Ephesians 2.14. I love this. I couldn't wait to share this verse. For he himself is our peace. Does anyone know who the he is? Let me give you the answer. Jesus. Jesus is the peace that glues us back to God. Sin is what has broken our relationship, but Jesus glues us back to God. Jesus is the peace that can help restore broken relationships. And if there's someone that you are offended by, or you know there's a brokenness in the relationship, who can restore the relationship? Jesus. He himself is our peace who has made the two groups of one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. But then there's number three. The third part of the spiritual anatomy of the shoes of peace is the outwards. It's the peace for others. Now let me read you a few verses and let me share you a brief little story. In Acts 10, 36, Peter said, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. The gospel means good news. And Peter says, we've been announcing the good news. But I want to read to you Romans 10, 13 to 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on the name of the Lord, verse 14, 
how can they call on the one they've not believed in? Before you call on the name of the Lord, you must believe in the name of the Lord. But, but, but back it up. How can they believe in the one they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, underline the word preaching because some of you are like, oh, great. It's the pastor's job to share the gospel because it says the word preach. But I studied the Greek word for preach, and it doesn't mean me standing on the platform sharing the gospel necessarily. The Greek word for preach simply means making the good news understandable for the one who's hearing the message. So how, how can they call? Well, they've got to believe. How can they believe? They've got to hear. How can they hear? Someone's got to preach it. Someone's got to share it. You don't just live the gospel. I mean, church, it's great. It's great to give water to people who are thirsty, and it's great to give food to people who are hungry, and it's awesome to give clothing to people who have no clothes, and it's great to give shelter to those who need shelter, but the greatest need in people's life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's not just do deeds of love. The greatest gift is to share the gospel of of Jesus Christ to people's life because what gets them to eternity is receiving Jesus Christ. Come on, someone give a little amen this morning. And so Paul, Paul is hammering, how can they hear what someone preach? Look at verse 15. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Now here's the verse. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and just think about it. Are feet beautiful? (laughs) No, they're not. Most people look at their feet and go, I got a bunion on my foot. My, My little toe looks awkward. My big toe looks out of place. I don't like my feet. We like covering up our feet. So when he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now here, you're going to learn something. That the word order and and the wordage that is used and the tense of the words that are used is not speaking of the beauty of the feet. It's speaking of the beauty of the good news. The beauty is not the feet. The beauty is the good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so Paul is saying, how can, they, how can they call on the Lord? Well, they've got to believe. How can they believe? They've got to hear. How can they hear? Someone's got to preach it. How can they preach? Someone has to be sent. Church, God has called you and me to share the good news. And then he takes us to Isaiah 52, verse 7, because the words of Romans 10, 15 comes from Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful. On the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. One more verse, a quick story, and a final point. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You, church, are the ambassador of Jesus. And the message is the good news. And Jesus wants you to share his peace with others. Can I hear a little amen in the house today? I was really young, snowshoes, the cottage. I was really young, and there was a fire of God that was burning in my heart to share Jesus. 
My friend Bernard came from a city near me from a German family, and I have some German background. And every summer, I'd hang out with Bernard at the cottage, and every winter, we'd, we'd go out in the winter and just have fun in the snow. And I saw him, and we gathered, and we met. And I remember a conversation starting to happen one summer on a hot August summer as Bernard was asking me about my faith and asking me about my church and asking me what was different about me. And I will never forget as a young, young boy, I don't think I was more than nine or ten years of age, I might have been younger, in the bedroom at the bunk bed sharing Jesus with Bernard. And I can remember like it was yesterday because Bernard was the first person that I ever led to Jesus Christ. And we knelt down at my bunk bed. I mean, I was living for Jesus and I was showing the love of Jesus and I was doing good deeds, but the greatest thing he needed was the gospel. How can they know the gospel unless we share the gospel? May we never assume that they know. And I led Bernard to Jesus. I fast forward, and it took many years. But one by one in his family, his brother, his sister, and his parents came to know Jesus Christ. But he was the first. And that family is worshiping in a Pentecostal church, loving Jesus. I haven't seen them for years. But I'm calling everyone in this house. How can they call on the name of the Lord unless they believe? How can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear unless somebody shares the message? How can you share unless you were sent? Well, I'm here to tell you, you're already sent. And you're already commissioned. Share the gospel with people. Jesus plus nothing else can change your life. Come on. Come on, give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord. The final word that I want to share lastly is the inward the inward the peace the peace of God I think everybody in this room knows that there's a lot of fear going on right now coronavirus there's a lot of parents nervous to send their children to church but I just want to push pause and say isn't it exciting to see so many young parents bringing their children to church on Sunday. Come on, can we applaud these many parents sitting right here in the house? Come on, come on, come on. Let's applaud these many parents who brought their children to church today. But fear grips people. I mean, there's a lot of bad news out there. Can I challenge you? Stop watching the bad news and begin to read more the good news of Jesus Christ. There's many people who are fearful because of what's going on with the coronavirus, but some of you today fear because there's sickness in your body. Some of you fear because there's not enough money in your bank account. Some of you fear because there's problems in the home. Some of you fear because of other stuff that is going on. I'm here to declare today that this final spiritual anatomy of peace is Jesus today wants to flood you with his inner peace. And I want to conclude this sermon today with some verses. Would you listen with me? In Job chapter 3, 25 and 26, there's many of you who are watching online that you could relate to these verses. And some of you that are sitting in this auditorium today, what I feared has come upon me, Job said. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace. I have no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. And there's many people today that are stuck in Job chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. How many people believe today Jesus wants to get people out of Job 3, 25? 
and 26. He wants them to be flooded with his peace. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Whose peace is it? It's Jesus' peace. And he wants to give you his peace. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. How many people want the peace of God at all times and in every way? I do. The Lord be with you all. Romans 15.13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you trust in him so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then there's Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What does that teach us? Worry about nothing and pray about everything. If you don't want to worry about anything, start to pray about everything. And then he said, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then Psalm 119, 165, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. Love the word so much that you read the word that you fill yourself with the word and you will not stumble in fear. Galatians 5, teaches us that one of the fruit of the spirit is peace, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Then Isaiah 26, 3, 4, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock. Can I show you something in verse 3? It says, you will keep in perfect peace. The original Hebrew doesn't say perfect peace. It actually says, he will keep you in peace. Peace. Shalom. Shalom. God never does things in halves. He always does things in double portions. And he wants to give you a double portion of his peace. One day Jesus was in a boat with his disciples. And he went to the back of the boat and he started to fall asleep. And he's resting in the back of the boat and he's sound asleep in the boat. And as the disciples are in the boat, the wind started to, to, to blow and the waves started to billow and the, and the sound of the roar of the waves was happening and, and, and the, the waves were rushing into the boat and the disciples were freaking out and Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. One of the disciples went to Jesus and they, they literally shook Jesus and, Jesus, wake up! Don't you care that we perish, that we drown? And the waves are rushing and the wind is blowing and the boat is rocking and Jesus stood up and all he said to the waves was peace, be still. And the moment he spoke the word, the wind stopped blowing. The waves stopped rolling. And the roaring ceased. And calmness swept over the lake. Peace, be still. I speak to everyone in this auditorium and I speak to everyone that is watching on live streaming that today as we've talked about the shoes of peace 
If you want to be firmly grounded against the attacks of the devil, you need peace with God. Through Jesus Christ. You need to live peace with others. And you need to share his peace to everyone that you know. But today I believe what Jesus wants to do. He wants to flood you with his peace. In these final moments, would you stand with me? Would you lift your voice as Pastor Brad just begins to sing the song that talks about the day that the wind was blowing and the waves were rolling and billowing and the storm was brewing and the disciples were in the boat, but Jesus said, peace, be still. And I want to invite you all across this place just to lift your hands and I'm going to invite you just to receive his peace inwardly in you. He wants to calm your mind. He wants to calm your heart. He wants to calm your troubled spirit. He wants to push the fear back. The devil is throwing fear at the church, but Jesus is saying today, I give you my peace. And if you want to stand firm in the days of the spiritual attacks, get flooded with his peace. So come on, lift your voice. Lift your, I'm sorry, you can't sing. You can't lift your voice. Pastor Brad, you lift your voice. You lift your voice, my friend. But let this song just speak to your hearts. Just be flooded with this peace right now.
Let faith rise up, oh heart, believe. Let faith rise up in me. Let faith rise up, oh heart, believe. Let faith rise up in me. Let faith, oh let faith rise up. spout, everyone's eyes are closed in these final moments. There's two things that I want to ask in these final moments. The first one is this, whether you're, whether you're here on site or you're watching online, if today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, have you made your peace with God? Do you know that you're going to heaven? The way to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The gospel, the good news is that Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. And the good news can be received as you ask him into your life and invite him to forgive you of your sins. And you repent and you say, Jesus, come into my life. And you're standing here today and you can't answer the question, I'm ready for heaven. Or you're watching online and you can't answer the question that you're ready for heaven. I want to lead you in this prayer. And if you'd like to accept Christ in your life, join me as I lead you in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I make my peace with you today. I receive you in my life, and I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, open your eyes and give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. Thank Him for salvation. And if you accepted Jesus Christ in your life, reach out to us, and we're going to help you in your new faith journey. And as we step into the fall season, we want to get you into our follow class to help you in your new faith journey. But I want you to look this way, because today, in these final moments, before we close, we've been talking about the spiritual shoes of peace. Now, here's what I believe the devil wants you to wear is not the shoes of peace, but the shoes of fear. And I'm calling you today to take off the shoes of fear and put on the shoes of peace, which is Jesus. I just want to pray that fear would break in the name of the Lord in these final moments. So all across this place, lift up your hands. I want to pray. Father God, I pray in these final moments that fear would break in the name of Jesus. 
I pray, God, that you would cover our minds, cover our hearts. I pray that we would not walk around with fear because wherever we go, our shoes go and our shoes are on our feet. And God, I know there's people, wherever they go, wherever they walk, there's fear. I pray fear would break in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that we put our trust in you. And I pray that your peace would glue us back together. I pray that your peace would calm our troubled spirits. I pray in the midst of a pandemic that we would not walk in fear, but we would walk in peace in the name of Jesus. So I pray it by faith, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Somebody, somebody say amen in this place, amen. Come on, put your hands together and give a clap offering of praise. So in just a moment, you're going to be seated. But I want you to hear this. I don't want you to walk out of this auditorium today with the shoes of fear. I want you to walk out walking and living in the shoes of peace. I'll tell you the key. When fear comes, this is what I do. I just say, Jesus. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. When you feel fear, just open your mouth and say, Jesus. Come on, would you say that name right now in these final moments? Jesus. Fear goes when the name of Jesus is spoken because his name is peace. Amen. Take a seat. Thank you so much for joining us for church this morning. We are honored that you were able to join us, either here, right on site, or all watching online. If you haven't already, you have a young family, children at home, be sure to check out our children's ministries released every single week. You can access that right off of our main website. Thank you so much, and God bless. Praise the Lord. Can I give you your virtual air hug right now? I love you so much. I really do. And I can't tell you how good it is to see you. I don't see your smiling faces, but I see your cheekbones going up. And uh, so let the cheekbones go up right now. I'm so glad that you came. Spread the word to everybody. This is a safe place to come. And again, it's so great to see all the moms and dads with their boys and their girls. And we're praying for all you parents as school starts and Keep putting your trust in God. I know we need to walk wisely, but let's not walk in fear, amen? And let's not walk in those shoes of fear. Let's live in the shoes of peace, and his name is Jesus. Well, everybody on your feet, we're going to exit. And again, it's not a funeral. You could be happy and joyful. And when you get outside, you can, if you chose, take off your mask, if you chose. And you could be six feet apart. You could talk it up with each other. And if you've come prepared to give by, by, by envelope check cash, there's ushers at the back that are here to help you. So we'll start from the back to the front. We love you, and God bless you. Have a great day.